Do you love the idea of personal growth, but find the practice of it exhausting? We get it. We're Brandon and Megan Giggling, growth coaches with the mission to put the personal back in personal growth. If you want a new way of growing into the next version of you without the frustration, guilt, and overwhelm, you're in the right place. It's time to rethink your growth journey and make it into something that works for you. You in? Welcome to Growth Reframe. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Growth Reframed. We are so pumped that you're here. Last week, we got into, are you even considering your mental health when you're making decisions? And I feel like most of us aren't. So go ahead and go back and have a listen. Uh, But this week, we are going to get into what is holding you back and are you holding yourself back? So I'm really pumped to get into it. Yeah. So when we were thinking about this episode, we were kind of thinking along the lines of questions like, do you ever wonder why it seems like everyone else in your life is making progress in their personal, professional lives, but you're really not? Or do you ever feel like you wish things would move faster for you and they're just kind of stalling or going so slowly? And then lastly, do you ever worry that you could actually be doing the exact things that are holding you back and keeping you from moving moving forward in the next step of your life? And unfortunately, you might just be. Yeah, those are huge questions. And I feel like for me that, man, it's like, yes, for all of them. And I, and I found myself just while I'm going through life, while I'm going through my personal growth journey, while I'm tackling really anything, a lot of the things that are standing in my way, even though I might point to other things, other people, other situations for why it's happening, it's really just me and the decisions I'm making and how I'm holding myself back. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I think it's kind of encouraging. It's, 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 it's a scary thing to say that it's you, but it's also kind of nice to say, Hey, it's me. Because if it's just you and it's not all these outside situations and not all all these outside people, then it's something that you can change for you, for yourself. And really you can do that in real time. So I'm pumped to get into, you know, answering some of these questions and just going through these handful of things that I think people fall into. And we've broken it down into really dangerous traps that you can fall into and beliefs. And uh, I just can't wait to jump through these because I feel like they're going to be poking at some people's hearts today. Right. And even if you feel a little bit convicted, because I know I do, just remember that the thing is, once you recognize that you're falling into these traps, that's actually a great place to be because you can change that. Like, it's all under your control. So if you're falling into the traps, that's good news because there's time and there's the ability to change that right here, right now. That's right. So let's start with number one. So, ooh, man, this one's tough, but you believe the voices in your own head. And uh, you've definitely heard me talk a time or two, Meg, about my voices in my head and how negative they are and how they speak to me in a lot of negative ways. And I think as people, we can really start to believe that the voice in our head is reality or the voice in our head is the truth. And so whatever it's saying, it's predetermined, it's predestined, it's who you're going to be and how it's going to happen. And it's all played out because as people, we have the tendency to think things through so much. And we think about what all the outcomes would be. And a few episodes, we talked about fear and we always go to the worst case scenario. And we know we all do that. And even though we know we do that, and even though we realize that, 
it's still so easy to fall into the trap of believing those negative voices in your head. Mm, Yes. And if you don't think you have negative voices, I encourage you to think again, because even if you have the self-confidence, even if you truly believe in yourself most of the time, there is something still going on in the back of your head. It, It comes out every time you stumble a little bit. It comes out when there's something new that you want to take on. It's why you might not start at all. Uh, it's it's something that we deal with in our, not only our lives, but in our kids' lives too. I mean, if you've seen the movie Luca, you know that the whole thing is Silencio Bruno, like basically telling your inner voice to shut up because it keeps us from exploring, it keeps us from learning, it keeps us from growing. And that's a great message in that movie and our kids love that movie. And we don't allow the word shut up in our house, but man, for, for inner voice things, sometimes we joke and allow that kind of language because sometimes your inner voice really does need to shut up. (laughs) Well, it's interesting too, because when I think about it and I've studied my inner voice because it's been one of my worst enemies for a while now, when I look at it, it's, it's not always so obvious. It's, I call it the subtle jabs. So it's like little subtle jabs and things that make you question yourself or they're like, can you really do that? You know, like not like, not just outright hate, like you suck and you can't do it, but like, uh, well, do you, do you think you can really do that? Or is that really possible? Or, you know, well, yeah, but remember what happened last time. And, you know, is that, is that really going to work out? And then I've noticed in my own life when it comes up to like, we're in a, we're in a season right now of 2023. And so we're kind of casting a vision for the year for our business, podcast, everything else. And as I'm talking to Meg about it, I've noticed these subtle jabs and I'll say, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're going to, we're going to make enough to go to Hawaii this year. <laughs> and it's like, why am I laughing about that? And to me, those are, those are really dangerous traps to fall into because those subtle jabs lead into bigger jabs, lead into undermining beliefs and undermining what you believe you can possibly do. And a lot of times we laugh at it and discount and do all those things and say, well, you know, everyone does it and you know, it's not that big a deal. I would challenge you to question that in real time. If you find yourself laughing at even subtly laughing at your dreams because they seem so big or audacious, or even if they're not that big, just saying, yeah, like uh, I'm going to run a 5k this year. Well, don't laugh about those things because you're actually training yourself to already plug in self-doubt before you even attempt or start it. And you're teaching your brain that you're not looking at abundance. You're not looking at what's possible. You're already limiting it before you even start. And that's a trap that I think a lot of us stumble in. And I've noticed for my own life, I'm trying to, when I hear myself doing that, and you've heard me say this, Meg, I call myself on it in real time. Like right now, if I said it, I would want to call myself on it. I'd want you to call me on it. Like, why am I talking that way? Why am I discounting what I want to do and saying it's impossible? Nothing's impossible. Nothing. Stop devaluing and depreciating. Right. Basically. Right. Well, and it all comes down in in my mind to number two, and it's being afraid of failure. Mm. Like I said, a few weeks ago, we talked about fear but how big of an issue is failure in your life and the fear of failure as a type A perfectionist <laughs> you are? Glad you threw that one over to me because if I can speak to anything, it's perfectionism and the fear of failure. I cannot even tell you guys how many times, and excuse the voice, I know I've had like a cold for like 112 days, it feels like. It's actually been like a week, but it feels <laughs> like it's never ending. I'm into the sexy, raspy <laughs> voice, so it's okay. But my whole life, I have felt that pressure to perform, that 
pressure to be perfect. And what translates there is that you start being afraid to try because if you try, you could fail. If something, I mean, you probably will actually, let's be real. It's not that you might fail. It's that if it's brand new and it's a little bit hard, you're probably going to fail. And that hurts. That hurts somebody like me because it translates to like, am I even a valuable person if I struggle? Am I even worth anything if I don't do it right the first time or I make a mistake or can I still be loved if I'm not perfect 100% of the time? And obviously those answers are yes. But for somebody like me who's had to spend years and years and years and years trying to work through those things, I'm so achievement oriented that it just feels like a really hard place to be. And it feels like one of the easiest ones on this whole list for me to fall into trap wise because it's just like a personal attack on me as a person if I'm not doing everything right 100% of the time. Right. And failure, I mean, it's like you said, it, it's going to happen. It's right. not even if, yeah. it's when. Right. It's going to happen. And by the way, it's a part of life. I feel like a lot of times in popular culture, in society, you look at the people who are on the mountaintop, the people who have figured it out, and you're like, yep, they just got there yesterday and it just happened easy for them. No, they failed 10,000 times to figure out and get the skills and get the tools they need to get to the place they are. The only difference between what they did now and why we're highlighting them is they didn't give up and they didn't let failure and fear get in the way to convince them that they shouldn't even try. And sometimes I think like what you were just talking about is I feel like somehow we believe, and I don't know why, because it's an outright lie, but we believe that it's worse to fear and it's that it's worse to try something and fail than to just be afraid of it and then not try. Like it's just better to not even try because what if it didn't work out and what if this and what if that? Why? Because we don't want people to see us fail. Right. But to me, I don't so much mind people seeing me fail because at least I can say that I tried. If I wanted to try something and I saw it through, I'd want to instill that in my kids. I'd want to show that to you and model it to you. I'd want to model it to all you listeners out there. If I'm going to try something and I fail... At least I made the try. And I love to say it's not a failure, it's an attempt. So I made an attempt. How many attempts did it take Edison to make the light bulb? A million. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you, got, you guys could fact check me on it. But it took a lot to be able to get to that level that you want. And if the fact is, if you never lean into failure, then you're never going to accomplish anything because it's just a part of life. Right. But it took you a long, long time to get to a place where you believed that trying and failing was better than not trying, trying at all. Well, and... and it leads right into our third one here, which is living in the past. You live in the past. Well, when you live in the past and you think that your past is going to ter- determine your present and then your present situation is going to determine your future situation, you get all mixed up and jumbled. Mm-hmm. And if you're living in the past and I'm thinking, well, past Brandon tried this and pa- past Brandon did this and past Brandon had these people say these things to him to show him that he is just thinking too crazy and he can't possibly do it because he stumbled and falled or stumbled and fell, oh wait, he's pushing 40. He's not the teenage Brandon that's living in his head. He's not even in his 20s. Like we talk about, even if it was last week, y'all, you don't have to be the same person today that you were last week. You can change everything in real time. But a lot of times we focus so much on the past and we think the past, and I've said this, y'all, the past is the perfect indicator for the future. It's like the best, easiest way to tell you of what the future is going to be. 
Well, that's crap, frankly, because if you change and change everything you're doing and you change your patterns and you change your systems and you change your mindset and you change your beliefs and you change how you go about doing things, there's literally no chance that the past is going to completely repeat itself again. But we live so much in the fact that, well, I used to be this. And people often say like, well, you changed. Well, yeah, I did. I'm not a kid anymore. I'm, I'm, like, I'm experiencing things. I'm a dad now. I'm a husband. I'm doing all these different things. I, I freaking hope I changed. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? But we let that idea of saying, well, past Meg did this. So clearly she failed then. So she'll fail again. And back to the failure thing, back to living in the past. And it kind of all coalesced with each other. Right. When you live in the past... You're actually training yourself to just keep doing the things that you've always done and keep getting the results that you're always getting. I mean, it's just factual. Like, that's how it works. If you're going to continue to live in the past and not change and not grow and not learn from those mistakes and not learn from who you once were, then you're just going to be in a vicious cycle of repetition. It ain't changing for you, baby, because it's just going to be the same thing over and over and over. Once you make a change, even a small tweak, even a small tweak, things can change for you. You don't have to keep repeating that process. And when you don't repeat that process, the outcome will change. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's the thing. But you get stuck in the cycle of constantly believing it. And again, it leads you into the same thing of failing and saying that that's what it's going to be and that's what it's always going to be. I'd, I'd challenge that when that comes in your head, y'all. Don't sit there and think about the past. I mean, if you could forget it all, all together, I mean, obviously I believe there's things you can learn from the past, but in a lot of ways, you don't really need to concern yourself too much on it because you're focusing on the future. And again, I would say with this, your current situation does not determine your future. You determine your future and how the decisions you make and the choices you make and the things you do moving forward are what matters, not the past, not where you're currently at. And I know a lot of us, I'm speaking to you, because you get stuck in that idea that this is the way it will always be because this is the way it's always been. It's not. You can change that. You have the power to change that, and you can do that now. Mm-mm-mm. Love that. Another one is just you're staying busy, but you're not productive. There's a difference between busy and productive. There just is. Busy means you're doing things. You're taking up your time, period, end of story. Productive means you're busy doing the right things at the right time to lead to actual results. Right. And how many times have you been stuck in that trap? You're like, man, I'm exhausted. I just feel like I'm strung out. I'm burnt out. And yet I haven't really accomplished anything. It's because you're making yourself busy on life, but it's not necessarily productive towards your goals. Just because you're staying really busy doesn't mean that you're productive. And I think just in the personal growth space, people talk about, well, or in business or whatever, like do the 10,000 hours. And if you do 10,000 hours, then that's how you master a skill. But, well, not if you do 10,000 hours on the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. You could do 10,000 hours on a lot of busy work that's not moving the needle, that's not pushing you forward, that's not doing anything. You're not going to be an expert by the end of that. You're not going to be mastering it. It's identifying when things aren't working and then tweaking them and making changes and then putting systems in place for you to be more productive and measure benchmarks and measure things that you need to do to get to that place. But if I just sit here busy running around like a crazy person all the time, there's no guarantee at the end of that, that I'll meet any of my goals because busy doesn't mean I'm even working toward my goals. It just means I'm working on something. Well, what if it's the wrong thing? What if it's not necessarily the wrong thing, but what if it could be tweaked to be more productive? And that's the thing. Like we 
all of us, me and Meg included, we wear the busy badge around, busy badge around, and we think that that's what it means. Like if I'm busy and I'm productive, then that's what gives me worth and value in this world. It's wrong, y'all. Like you, no, you got to be working on the right things for you, and it might not even be you know, productivity towards your business or your goal or your side hustle. It might be productivity for showing up for your family and different other things, but you're being pulled in so many different directions and you're just stretched too thin and you're coming in at a C plus average on everything. If you want to move from busy to productive, it's really an evaluation of where your time is currently going and what your priorities are. That's it. Where's your focus going to be? Where do you want your focus and your attention and your priorities to be? And then align that because other than that, you're just being busy, plain and simple. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that too, because the next one on the list was you have goals, like you're setting goals, which is what you're talking about. You're talking about being intentional on the decisions you're going to make, but then you're holding yourself accountable and see we're in the midst. I mean, right now we're coming into the first quarter of the year And a lot of us have set a goal, which sounded great on the first of the year or the end of last year, whatever it was, but then we didn't hold ourselves accountable. And I don't say this to guilt any of you, but was whatever that was that you were working on, that goal that you set, was it important to you? Because if it was important to you, then why did you give up? Why have you stopped? Why have you not built up the muscle to make yourself more accountable. And and by the way, I believe you could do it yourself, but if you can't hold yourself accountable yourself and you know you need the help, me and Meg use each other. We use each other to have an accountability buddy. But I know other people that check in on what I'm doing, but you have to let people in and you have to be comfortable enough to share what you're trying to do to have them check in with you. But if you don't hold yourself accountable to that goal and it's something that could easily just be discounted and given away, and that's how you're thinking about it, that's exactly what will happen. And there are so many ways to check your accountability level with yourself. I mean, I see just from scrolling social media, I see little ads and stuff all the time about journals that have, you know, you get to color in the water for your water goal and you get to make a check mark on the little, you know, weight if you worked out that day or color it in or whatever. There are so many journals and planners and apps and everything else to really be able to visually see your progress. And that helps, at least me, it helps me stay accountable. And I believe it can help other people too, because it's obviously a very big business if there's apps and journals and planners and all the things meant to do exactly this. Not everyone has an accountability partner, but you can dang well do it yourself. And if you have trouble doing that, print a calendar and just every day, whatever your goal is, did you do it? Did you work 15 minutes on it? Great. Mark 15 on your calendar day. doesn't matter how you do it. But when you put a visual reminder on that, it helps you feel like, oh my gosh, I did it yesterday and I did it today. And if I don't do it today, then I can't put it on, I can't put my mark on there and then I'll feel some type of way about it. And I don't want to feel that way. So I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to make the right decision. Or maybe I haven't done it in five days. And now, now today I'm going to do it so that I can mark it off so that I can get back on track. There are many ways to kind of track and readjust yourself so that you are back in line with what you say your goals are. Well, it's interesting too, because what I think happens, and this is actually our next point, but you're, you're setting these, you're setting goals and you want to be accountable. But a lot of times we, we don't want to focus on what we call realistic goals. We want to have crazy big goals. 
And then because we, and that's cool, you don't set the crazy big goals, but what happens is you start to do it and you start to work toward it. And we shy away from the progress of working on things and we only focus on the end goal. And so when we're not anywhere closer in our mind to the end goal, then we aren't able to see that we are still making progress. Even small progress, you had said earlier, Meg, even progress this much, and I'm holding my fingers very close together, this much (laughs) is progress. You're not where you were yesterday. So you're pushing yourself further, always looking at, you know, where were you at the start and where are you going? And when you set things to hold yourself accountable, that's great. But then my point here is you're not grateful for the small wins throughout it the whole time because you're so focused on the top of whatever tier you're trying to get to that to celebrate something small, like, you know, let's take running. Well, I want to run a 5k. Cool. I went out for a walk today. Well, you know, that's super small. Well, it's not super small if you've never done anything and you're not working to work toward it and you typically would be sitting on the couch eating potato chips. If you went out for a walk, that's not small. That's a huge, huge thing. But you can celebrate that small win and you need to because you need to encourage yourself to not constantly look at the top of Everest and be like, well, I just want to jump up to the top and not grab you know one rock at a time. And I think a lot of times the reason we don't celebrate small wins as we almost feel silly because the task or goal we're trying to reach is so high that to celebrate this little thing shouldn't matter, but celebrate the progress Mm y'all. And you could also flip your thinking there a little bit too. Maybe it's not really a small win just because it's not as big as the ultimate goal. Maybe we stop saying that it's a small win or a small step. Maybe it's a big freaking goal or a big freaking win and a big freaking step, right? Like it doesn't have to be, that it's these little small wins that we're celebrating. What if every single thing is actually big and bigger than we make it and we can celebrate that? We don't have to say that walking is a small win if it's really, really monumental in our personal lives. We don't have to say that working 15 minutes on our blog is a small win if we've never done a blog post before. Like, that's a huge win. Let's start celebrating it like that. Right, and and you've reminded me of that recently because we've been trying to facilitate some kind of work-life balance, which will be a future episode, which, by the way... Good luck if you've tried. It's really difficult to do. And you've had to remind me, even 15 minutes a day, even five minutes, even just checking a box on one task, it does move you along. So you've even had to remind me of that. But we feel silly celebrating. Like you said, it could be a big win, but it leads to our next point. You keep comparing it to other people. If you weren't comparing it to other people, you wouldn't even think it was small or big because what would you be comparing it to? You're looking at other people who are doing the thing that you want to do and you're saying, well, it seems silly to celebrate this when these people are doing that or it seems silly to do this when they're doing that. And we discount what we're doing because we're looking at what other people are doing in the space or just in what we're trying to do. And then we feel silly celebrating it to other people. Well, who said you even need to celebrate to other people? You can personally celebrate it. I would say shout it from the rooftop because that's how we, you know, live our life. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that, there's no reason you can't celebrate with yourself. Treat yourself to something. Do something to acknowledge that you're making progress. And even shifting away, even shifting away from wins and progress like that. I mean, stop comparing yourself to others for every aspect. Maybe you're uncomfortable doing what you're going to do. 
because you feel like somebody over there does it better. Stop comparing. It doesn't matter. They, they might do one part of it better, but you might be way better at the other, at the other part of it. And you might have great success one day because you do it a little different. So what's it even, Matt? Like, why are we stopping at the comparison and not even getting going? Like, get going. Do it your own way. Don't worry about what other people around you are doing. Just go hard at that. Well, and it goes back to your why. Like, why are you doing it? Are you doing it because you want to compete with that other person? Or are you doing it because it fills you up? Are you doing it because it's important to you? And a lot of times we get so distracted on what other people are doing when it doesn't even matter. Like you said, Meg, it makes no difference what that person's doing or not doing. Why do you care? Like if you're working toward a goal and that person, you know, falls off the planet or stops, then do you stop because they're not there to compare to anymore? No, you grab onto the next person and then you try to compare to them. And the problem in our world right now is we have access to so many people that we just, it, we compare to everyone at, at, a time. Like a lot of times you see these speakers speaking in uh, like on a Zoom call and they'll be talking to 50,000 screens. And that's how we look at life. We look at 50,000 other people and what they're doing. And even though our focus might be on growing our business here or growing our podcast, we don't stop at looking at other podcasts. Then we're looking at business people doing things we don't even want to do and thinking, well, maybe we should be doing that. No, focus on what you're doing. Look at the steps in front of you. And you should only be comparing to your previous self. So if you can say, you know, what I was doing yesterday, what I was doing last week, what I was doing last month, what I'm doing now is a step forward from what I was doing there. That's the only person you should ever be comparing yourself to. That's it. Looking at yourself and the progress you've made. And then if you stumble, if things aren't going exactly how you wanted, if some things do go well, you don't need to focus on what everyone else is doing. They're not you. You're your own unique person. So you have to step into that and own it and focus on you. Sometimes I talk about tunnel vision like it's a bad thing, but when you're looking at yourself and you're looking at the comparison game, tunnel vision is not a bad thing. It's actually a really good thing. Focus on you. Look in the mirror compared to that person, not looking around in your peripheral at everyone else, and you'll be much happier and much more productive. But I think that's one of the largest and most dangerous traps we all are guilty of falling into. And if you do feel like you're falling into one of these traps, I just want to remind you that that does not have to be your reality forever. You do not have to keep living in that trap. Recognize it, flip it, and move on. Make a decision that takes you out of the trap so that you can progress your life, so that you can progress in your personal life, progress in your professional life, wherever it is that you're trying to go. You can get there. You just have to make a little bit of a change, one thing at a time, remove one trap from your life, and keep on going. I love that. And y'all, if this episode touched you, if this episode was helpful to you, please share it over on social media and make sure to tag us at Growth Reframed. If you think this would touch someone who's close to you, please share it with them. And if you have any questions, if you need help, if we can help you in any way possible, just reach out to, reach out to us over on Instagram at Growth Reframed. We love y'all and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Growth Reframed. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to connect with you, so shoot us a DM on Instagram at Growth Reframed. We love y'all.